0: Before you listen to this episode of EW's Binge Podcast, we'd like you to know that we are fans of drag as art and entertainment, though we respect it in all of its forms, too.
1: We recognize that all drag is valid, from drag race contestants to local queens, kings, and our transgender community members who pioneered the art form, and we hope you do, too.
0: So, we kindly ask that you not send any of the performers in this podcast or beyond hate or negativity on social media or elsewhere. In other words, don't fuck it up for everyone and love yourself so you can love everybody else. As Tatiana would say,
2: thank, thank you. Fears, 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 fears. Weather fierce. Fierce. Hello,
0: hello, hello to all the hoes who must go through genuine tears of Willem Calibur. We welcome you to the second to last full episode of EW's Binge Podcast on RuPaul's Drag Race that's packed with enough opalins to fool you into thinking we own everything. And today we're hanging off a UPS truck on a journey to find out where is the body. And we're doing it with the biggest bang and a kick of adobo as we cover season 11. Spicy. Thank you, as always, for joining us throughout this cherished journey. Once again, I'm the living embodiment of an attitude check, Joey Nolfi, the drag race beat reporter at Entertainment Weekly.
1: And I'm EW's digital news director, level four vegan Jillian Cederholm. I only found out about pop culture like three years ago, but I thought Mariah Carey was great in Sparkle. (laughs) Wonderful.
0: Later, we'll be joined by Drag Race excellence as crowned queen Evie Oddly and Miss Congeniality Nina West to join us for a lively discussion about all things season 11. But first, in the great tradition of ourselves, Jillian and I are recording our second to last regular episode from an iconic space inside the Drag Race studios. Today, we're kissing season 11 goodbye by cozying up to Nina West's charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent while shrouded in excellence under the flowing folds of her caftan. Jillian, are you primed for a long day of leisure?
1: I've got my Rachel Maddow wig and blazer on and I'm already doing a cooter slam.
0: (laughs) So let's get into our season 11 recap. Ten years, dozens of queens, and two puddles of onstage vomit after its premiere, RuPaul's Drag Race had reached peak levels of absurd deliciousness for its 11th season. With 15 competitors, including returning superstar Miss Vanjie, who became an icon after sashaying away on episode one of season 10, season 11 marked the biggest cast the franchise franchise had ever seen. But quantity was absolutely matched by quality over this stretch of truly bonkers episodes. As Dr. Silky Nutmeg Ganache brought her larger-than-life body and attitude to center stage, Brooklyn Heights twirled her way from the frigid north of Canada to spice up the workroom, and spooky tea queen Evie Oddly sashayed away with the crown in an epic win for the weirdos. But while many found season 11's manic pacing to be overwhelming at the time of its broadcast, upon rewatching, we can assure you the season is a jolt of charismatic energy that has aged like human hair stewing in the finest wig water with insane challenges pitting the queens against each other in an Olympic-style contest that fused death drops with fanography, a magic show, and even an outdoor cop-style reality show spoof that proved the mainstream gloss hadn't shaken Drag Race's gritty camp roots. In the end, amid all the drama Season 11 proved Drag Race has always thrived on things like missing wigs, backbends, and queen-on-queen scandal— but it survives because of the colorful spirits it unapologetically thrusts into our living room each week. Jillian, I know the most important and pressing thing on your mind with season 11. Um, your favorite thing that has probably ever come from RuPaul's Drag Race is the titty-shaking challenge. I know that you just love that because you love hearing me say titty week.
1: <laughs> you know it's my favorite word to hear men say Um, every day of my life is a titty shaking challenge. So this was, you know, I can't say it was a highlight, but you've said numerous times that you really love the challenges on this season. Is this the one you're talking about or what's your highlight?
0: (laughs) I do actually remember cracking up at this one because it's so absurd. It's like, what the fuck does this have to actually do with gauging drag excellence? But it's also just so ridiculous and funny in a way that, Uh, was not taking itself too seriously. Like, I think sometimes the later seasons of Drag Race do. I think it was really fun to let them, you know, let their hair down and titties out with a challenge like that. I thought it was just so ridiculous and funny. Um, But then we did have serious matters this season, too, like Ariel's missing wigs. Um, Scarlett, when I did her exit interview, she actually called for the FBI to be involved, which I am not opposed to.
1: Wow, yeah. This It was so bizarre and And shoehorned in, I still have no idea what was going on with these wigs.
0: I don't think anybody does, but hopefully we'll get to that later with Evie and Nina. Uh, One of the treasures of season 11 also, one of my favorite things to think about, and that has become an internal monologue and reaction for me to many things, is Detective Akira Chanel Davenport always being confused and saying, what's going on here? What is going (laughs) on here? I... Anytime something confuses me in my daily life, my mind's reaction is, "What is going on here?" I mean, Detective Akuria. I want to just see her in a little monocle with like a little, <laughs> you know, like one of those pipes, like an old timey detective, and like one of those hats. Do you know? I what think kind you just detec-
1: you just described Detective Pikachu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that Detective Akuria. She will always have a place in my heart. Uh, what else to discuss about this season? Oh, EVs. Realness and uh, her perception as a villain, I think. But she, I think they were editing her maybe in a way that suggested she was villainous in in some ways, but she really escaped, I think, a lot of that reception in the fandom. She definitely still got pushback, but she was being really real in a way that a lot of queens in the past have not come across as. I mean, she was just, she wasn't saying things to hurt people. She wasn't, Being necessarily rude, I think she saw a lot of delusional personalities, and she was trying. She was just saying, you know, keeping it real and bringing them back down to earth. How did you feel about watching Evie?
1: Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if it's the luxury of being someone who just watches for the first time while binging and not really following what the fandom is saying about somebody. And, you know, being able to immediately watch the next episode if anything's going wrong or because you kind of warned me about this going in because you knew that I did know some spoilers about the show. And so you told me, like, just always pay attention to what Evie's actually saying. And so I never for a moment saw her as a villain. I thought she was just really straight up with what and like confronted What she was saying in the Untucked episodes about, you know, that she was not used or that she was used to so many people talking behind her back that she never wanted to be one of those people and that she understood that sometimes it was going too far. And she apologized numerous times and then did it again and apologized again. But I I just really never had a, a negative reaction to her.
0: Yeah, she and I mean, that's what you you set a high standard for yourself when you enter the workroom. With a Hot Wheels car attached to a feather boa, I mean nobody can hate you after that. And it was a season two. This season, as as crazy as the challenges were, there really were some insane challenges here. We had the magic show, um, the drag Olympics. We had uh, the acting challenges. The what was it called? Good God, get out, girl! <laughs> um, it was a really epic challenges on on a scale that we hadn't really seen before, but. It did seem like a season of sort of baffling eliminations to me. There was a lot of eliminations that seemed very premature and not warranted, especially based on the the uh, lip sync performances. The, the few that come to my mind are um, Ariel. Uh, I think that, and we'll get into this a little bit later in our lip sync discussion, but um, I, I was really confused when Ariel went home after her lip sync, even though she fell. I was also very confused that Scarlett went home on her lip sync. And Nina. Nina also feels like a very strange, unjust elimination, too. Um
1: hmm, I'm they, just wondering
0: how you feel about the elimination order here.
1: I don't think I was ever truly shocked at one. I think I was actually getting much more upset at the the choices of winners and who was safe. Like it was that was where I was really going nuts. Like in the beginning the first couple of looks that Vanjie did like the Libra outfit I texted you when I watched it because I was just like holy shit and then she was safe not even in the top there was a couple times where like Brooke ended up winning that I was like okay I can kind of see it but maybe she was like not as good in a challenge and then turned it out for a runway or vice versa so I could never totally tell what they were looking for but then when they specifically told her you have no personality and then she comes out with like one of her best episodes of the cops challenge and then she doesn't win that one and i was like well what are they looking for then
0: yeah it was it was very strange um the guest judges were also kind of odd to me this season in terms of their reactions to the queens um especially adam rippon who you know he didn't like scarlet silver and gold outfit um just because i guess he's so used to bronze so Sounds that's like why their he jokes didn't like
3: today. It. Mhm. <laughs>
0: you know that joke got me 4000 likes on Twitter, so I didn't oh, want to hear it. Um I think another really interesting uh, um contestant this season was Silky, especially her uh the way that the fans perceived her. I think she made it clear many times that she thought America was really going to love her, but in the fandom that it didn't necessarily play out that way. Um she was very brash, of course. She was very loud and uh rambunctious, but She's always very entertaining, and uh, I think that we always have to remember that we're watching this inside a pressure cooker. We cannot even possibly begin to to know what they are going through. And Silky was just living for being on TV, and I loved every second of it. Silky was just a joy. Um,
1: yeah. So I'm I- wondering,
0: Jillian, what you thought of her.
1: Yeah, sorry, America. I love Silky. I I just I really, really loved her. Um, she was a top personality for me. It was kind of I mean, she went in saying I want to spin off. So it wasn't like somebody who you're like, oh, are you really hamming it up for the camera? <laughs> it's like, you know, she's hamming it up for the camera, the but you can show. also tell that she's probably a lot like that in real life too. And so I, I mean, everyone knows I hate a click. Dream girls click, I had zero problems with. I loved them. And I thought Silky was so much fun. I think I honestly laughed out loud more watching this season even with like chat like comedy challenges where people were kind of flubbing it a lot but just personality wise I think I laughed more than I had since season seven like Katia's narration like that's it's just silky and Vangie to me were a true highlight just everything they were saying
0: yeah it really was gold having them together and when we brought them into our offices to do a little video shoot before season eleven aired it was the, the volume in that <laughs> yes. room, with all of them together, it was I mean I have I have tinnitus. I've had it for, from hearing damage from since I was younger. Um, and I have to wear earplugs in loud situations like if I go to a bar or a movie or something. And I actually had to put my earplugs in, <laughs> in oh my the room, but I was with all uh, 15 of this these casts because it was so loud and I enjoyed every second of it.
1: That's hilarious.
0: Now, um, oh, Silky also hit on me during that. Uh, okay. <laughs> during that interaction, she made me hold her phone while they were filming, so it wouldn't go off. And um, when I went to give it back to her, she went, "You put your number in there, right?"
2: And I was <gasps> wow. like,
0: "Oh my!" She was like, "I'm trying to get some trade tonight," and uh, it was uh, quite an experience. Love you, Silky. <laughs> <so cute. laughs>
1: we're learning uh, all kinds of tea on this. On
0: the- <laughs> this so let's go into our cast introduction with our three mood words.
1: Why don't you kick us off with Soju.
0: I always refer to her as Sweet Sister Soju, spelled C-Y-S-T-E-R. I love Soju so much. (laughs) Of course. Kahana Montries.
1: Got hip-hop, half-stoned, showgirl.
0: That's like nine words.
1: Well, there's a couple hyphens there. Come on. (laughs) How about Honey Mahogany?
0: Joanne Stage Diver, because she definitely wore a look that was inspired by Lady Gaga's Joanne album, and she dived off the stage mercedes Iman, Diamond.
1: Got Kenyan Goat Hollins. <laughs> and Ariel Versace.
0: FBI Wig Investigation. Yes. Scarlet Envy.
1: Glitter Scissor Sister.
0: <laughs>
1: and Raja O'Hara.
0: Throw That Wig. Plastic Tiara.
1: Wig Bark Thief. And sugar Cane? Sugar cane.
0: Uh, This is more of a just a, a mood... Impressionist word poem, um, girl, honey, girl, because <laughs> nobody has said the words girl or honey more than sugarcane ever in the history of humanity.
1: Well, she's very sweet at just going with her name. Yes. Nina West. Well, sorry, I have to be true to myself and just say how I really feel. I, shady, fake bitch. <laughs> I just wasn't buying it. <laughs> just kidding. I just wanted my Darien Lake versus Ben De La Creme moment. I, of course, said, 11-ja-dairy... Kindness queen. And Miss uh, Vanji.
0: He's really gonna love that. Um Miss Vanji, I just have <laughs> Canadian Baconator.
1: <laughs>
0: it's only two words, but um silky nutmeg ganache Jillian.
1: I just wrote down my one demand. Reverend munched spinoff. Yes. And akira Chanel Davenport.
0: Detective Akiria on the case. And on the case, yes, is one word. Okay. Uh, Brooklyn Heights.
1: Got on point looks. Mm. And our winner, Evie Oddly.
0: Zaddy Spawn Excellence. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go through our round of firsts for season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Soju popped the first cyst that we know of on the drag race runway.
1: Vangie and Brooke had our first on-screen romance between two queens. Did did you buy it and did you ship it, Joey?
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay. 100%. <laughs> uh,
1: another first was Mercedes Amon Diamond as the first Muslim contestant to appear on the show.
0: This was the first season with 15 queens, the largest cast in the show's history.
1: We had our first six-person lip-sync for your life on episode three after the disastrous Diva Worship Challenge.
0: Oof, that's filthy. Uh, Tiffany New York Pollard reunited with her Flavor of Love co-star pumpkin for the first time in like 15 years when Sugarcane dressed up as her for the Orange Runway. Oh, no, wait a minute. I'm sorry. She was supposed to be Donald Trump.
1: Never mind. Wow, it's like co-hosting a podcast with Bianca Del Rio. Uh, We got soju, scarlet, honey, plastique, sugar, and Ariel returning for the first makeover challenge featuring previously eliminated queens who this time were not offered a chance to return to the competition, unlike season seven, Trixie's Revenge.
0: Wow, hearing that long-winded response, it's like I'm on a podcast with Charlie Hydes.
1: <laughs> I was also feigning masturbation while I <laughs>
0: after RuPaul accidentally connected his fist with Asia O'Hara's face on the season 10 slapping mini challenge, the season 11 cast did the first slapping challenge against each other. I'm assuming to avoid lawsuits. (laughs) Let's move on to lip syncs. Episode three, Raja O'Hara versus Plastic Tierra versus Akira Davenport versus Scarlet Envy versus Honey Mahogany versus Sugarcane to waiting for tonight by Jennifer Lopez. RuPaul was so genuinely pissed that this team picked mariah carey as the subject of the diva worship challenge without knowing virtually anything about Mariah Carey, that he put all six queens in the bottom. It was just pure chaos on the stage. I didn't know who to focus on, but Honey Mahogany put the spotlight right on herself in the worst way by jumping off that stage, and RuPaul's face when Honey does this is so funny. It is absolutely priceless.
1: Yeah, at first I was like, well, that's smart because she's doing something really different to get everyone's eyes off of their competition, but no. no, no. no. I mean, I thought the three-way finale hot mess lips Sync in season 10 was a total shit show and then rue went and doubled the number so i just it was crazy i was i was really shocked only one person went home i thought for sure it'd be more
0: Mm -hmm. and then on episode four mercedes Amon diamond versus raja o'hara to living in america by james brown both queens were doing an incredible job in this lip sync as well but the real joy here is rupaul and the judges getting so into the lyrics that they felt like they were participating in the lip sync themselves. Um, they were like screaming the city names and pointing at the queens. It was it was a really fun moment. Uh, episode five has Ariel Versace versus Sugar Kane uh, to I'm Your Baby Tonight by Whitney Houston. And it's an okay lip sync until Ariel just completely trips on her dress and falls down Akasha style. But she actually gets up and finishes the lip sync much better than Sugar. I think I love Sugar, but I think object. I've watched this lip sync like four times now, um, and I, I really can't grasp why Ariel went home. To be honest, I really think that even with the fall, she did a much better job in this lip sync.
1: That's interesting. I don't know. I watched it a couple times, and I mean, I also really loved Sugar, so maybe it was some bias there, but. I mean, I don't know if I would say she did so much better. I was a little bored by both of them. I guess her falling was the most exciting thing, so I'll give her that. Meh. Yeah.
0: Now, episode six, Raja O'Hara versus Scarlet Envy to Last Dance by Donna Summer. Scarlet did an amazing job. She had a glitter bomb, scissors to cut off her outfit. It was a really complex and well-thought-out performance. And Raja was great, too, but she had been in the bottom so many times prior that I, I was just really baffled that that Scarlet left. On episode eight, Evie Oddly versus Brooklyn Heights to "Sorry Not Sorry" by Demi Lovato, which is hands down always discussed as, I think, up there within the top two or three lip syncs ever in RuPaul's Drag Race history. Um, it was the be- definitely the best double Shantae in history. Um, this was on the Snatch Game episode. It was so good. Uh, I just I watch I I can watch this lip sync and still. After having seen it so many times, I'm still surprised by everything that happens. It's just so wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's truly, I mean, it's got to be in my number one. Um, I mean, Sasha's rose petal thing was great, but I think just like the pure, like the energy and.
0: Between them. Between them. So yeah, it was good. just
1: amazing. But it, And it wasn't like, it was stunty, but not. it didn't feel gimmicky stunty. It was no. just like pure mm-hmm. energy. It was, yeah, amazing. But I great. think that's why it sort of set me up for a little bit of disappointment on our next one.
0: Yeah, um, Evie versus Brooke to the Edge of Glory by Lady Gaga on the finale. was another lip sync that for me, it gives me chills. I mean, when the music stops and Evie just bends over backward to reveal that other face on the back of her head, I think it's just so genius. And I, I loved that Evie is showing off the diversity of her drag. She comes out not in a really strange getup, but a totally shimmery, glamorous gown that just, it really drives home that she is a well-rounded entertainer who didn't have to rely on her backbends and flexibility to give a great lip sync. And it was in direct contrast to what everybody was criticizing her for throughout the whole season. It was like a big fuck you.
1: Mm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think like maybe if her first lip sync had been more energetic, but that one, I was honestly wasn't so sure that she had won the first one. And then When RuPaul selected her and Brooklyn to move on, I was like, oh, okay, this is—I know what RuPaul wants to see, and we all want to see it. And then I was—I mean, I was happy with what she did, and I thought that Brooke was still fun, the way that she moved to the song, but I thought that Evie actually matched it a little bit better with what she was doing, but I just— I mean, I guess at least then in All-Stars as a lip-sync assassin, I got what I wanted from Evie again, so I'm happy that she, I guess, showed both sides.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Quotes for season 11. Evie oddly drove her little Hot Wheels car into the workroom and declared, I'm just here to shock and suck cock.
1: (laughs) I didn't even know that that's what she said until you uh, put this down as a quote um our sweet sister soju with a c-y-s uh, made a daring revelation on the runway by saying i have a cyst i'm currently oozing
0: <laughs> when michelle visage said we got some flavor up in here with regards to vanji's team during the acting challenge vanji spat back yeah Dobo." <laughs> Silky and Evie clashed and untucked, which prompted Silky to proclaim, if I would have lip-synced for my motherfucking life today, bitch, I was motherfucking ready. I was ready to do so, while ripping off her costume, to which Evie just stared blank-faced and said, what does that have to do with anything, bitch? I love that.
1: Uh, You can't talk about season 11 without talking about mercedes Amon Diamond pronouncing the line, opulence, you own everything, as opulence, you earn everything. Speaking of Mercedes, uh, we had her talking about her religion, uh, to which uh, Kiria said, Y'all go to mausoleums? Wondering (laughs) if Muslims go to church?
0: (laughs) Silky Nutmeg Ganache assessed her competition by saying, Ho, you must go. Ho, you must go. Ho, you must go. (laughs) Tiffany New York Pollard made a jaw-dropping confession on the guest judging panel for the Trump rusical by telling the Queen's, I've always had the fantasy of sitting on Rosie O'Donnell's face, but tonight Rosie O'Donnell wasn't present because I kept my legs closed the whole time you performed, with regards to the queen who performed as Rosie O'Donnell in that challenge. <laughs> Silky also gave a ballroom introduction to Brooke's mummy runway by chanting toilet tissue to the runway, toiletries <laughs> to the runway, Charmin to the runway, Angel Soft.
1: <laughs> Amazing product placement. Uh, when Evie failed to impress with her MILF eleganza, she told the judges, next time I'll eat a baby.
0: Mm. If you couldn't hear, I'm actually chewing on a baby right now.
1: Oh, that's getting cut.
0: Giving some ASMR realness.
1: Yeah, FCC is not going to let that fly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Silgi then quickly summed up Evie's drag by saying, The bitch only gives you spooky tea, which was also the opening line of my Alfred Hitchcock thesis paper in film school.
1: Well, someone who apparently didn't go to film school. Don't ask Miss Vanjie who Meryl Streep is, because <laughs> she'll clap back with a genuine "Who dat?" <laughs> Scarlet Envy served bip, big top energy by telling us opinions are like assholes. Most of them are on my face.
0: I love hearing Jillian say "top."
1: Well, you know when I first read that, I was like "big top," like a circus.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, RuPaul famously critiqued Nina West's lip sync against Silky by saying,
1: meh. When she was eliminated, genuine soul Nina West said through tears, adventure is out there. Go big, be kind, fucking go West.
0: During the final music video challenge, Akira birthed a million memes by singing, where is the body? Vanji summed up her post-show breakup with Brooke by saying, I wanted the notebook experience, but I was getting a post-it. In a development on the case of the missing aerial wigs at the reunion, Raja O'Hara said, there was one of her wigs that made it in my suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) And after Nina West won Miss Congeniality, she got Rue back with the biggest burn ever by holding her prize and simply saying, meh. And that's why we love her now and always. Now, the most random note in my notebook for season 11 was I love that anytime something falls off Silky's head, she says, My wig, whether it's a hat or a scarf or whatever she has on her head. And I have now done it in practice since anytime something falls off my head, including my glasses, I say, My wig, my wig. <laughs>
1: Uh, My note was, no one deserves an Emmy more than Boy Raven acting his ass off pretending to be impressed in the magic show audience. (laughs) If you look closely, it's truly a sight to be seen. Yes.
0: All right, everyone, hang tight like Tiffany Pollard sitting on Rosie O'Donnell's face because we are coming right back with Evie Oddly and Nina West after our Snatch Game Fantasy and Yuha Hamasaki's Runway Remix.
1: Hold on to your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. EW Binge Podcast. will be right back.
3: Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, editor in chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith,
2: Hey, guys, it's Ariel Versace from season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, (laughs) and this is Snatch Game Fantasy. My character is Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, you know, being on the Snatch Game reminds me of the Fourth of July. I'm overheated. Everything's too loud. I need about seven tequila sodas to get through it. Oh, this all makes me want a hot dog real bad. But thank you for having me. I just got my nails done for the occasion. They're like talons, big old chicken talons. God, I love chickens. They're just so damn funny looking and taste so good. Bianca Del Rio is so mean. Recently, when someone yelled, Man overboard. She didn't throw a life preserver, she threw her dog, dumbass.
4: It's season eleven, bitches. Welcome back to Hua Hamasaki's Miss Runway Opportunity. The segment where I try to remix the queen's runway look to make it look more what? Fab! Now for season 11, this is honestly the season that did not know how to sew or create their own looks, except for a few queens that know how to do it on their own. Season 11 had a lot of terrible looks and they all pretty much came from the workroom where the queens had to create their own looks. Today, we're gonna talk about Nina West's promo look, just because it's the easiest to talk about. There's a lot going on in terms of textures and colors. First, the bottom of the pants need to be longer. Not necessarily touching the floor, but just longer so that it seems more fitted on her. The gold corset that she has on is too wide, it defeats the purpose of her having an altered neckline, and also it needs to be shorter so that it shows off her chest and it will make the waist look a lot more smaller. The gloves are purple, which I don't think she needed them in the beginning to begin with, but if she was going to include gloves, I would say to make the same color as the jumpsuit. Also, her hair is a similar color family as the feathers that she has around the back, which kind of blends into the whole look of her body in the top. A different hair color would have worked better, like a neutral color, because it looks like there's a lot going on. I like the shoes though and I also enjoy her having the trims around the corset and also on top of the halter top of the jumpsuit. It shows that she put in details into it but other than that, it was a very overly styled outfit look. Thanks for tuning in y'all!
0: Welcome back to EW's Binge Podcast, and um, dear listeners, I now invite you to please cleanse your palates for something extremely sweet, because we have spooky tea on the menu today, and like a cyst on Soju's Taint, I am bursting with anticipation to welcome our next guests, season 11 winner Evie Oddly and Miss Congeniality Nina West. Thank you guys so much for subjecting yourselves to us for an hour.
4: Welcome. Oh my
5: gosh. Thank you for forcing her having me <laughs> v? I know, thank Canceled. you for giving me this opportunity to
3: hear, hear Evie's voice that's all I'm excited about
0: I'm, I'm <laughs> excited about Evie's laugh just hearing laugh the laugh all the time it's gonna be wonderful <laughs> it's, like sitting no. in,
3: it's like sitting in the room with like the devil you're like you You hear it you're like yes I love it and I'm also terrified
0: because <laughs> yeah, the
5: devil has a better poker face than I do yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Now, I was afraid of being a buzzkill by starting this podcast on such a serious note, but I can't live another moment of my life without knowing. Evie, how is Zaddy Oddly doing? Oh my God.
3: (laughs) That's what I want to know, too. uh,
5: I mean, he uh, definitely has been taking the quarantine to work even more on his physique so as ripped as you remember him before he's like 10 times more now
0: Oh, bad, bad. i love that you're just taking notes on your dad's progress for everybody who's thirsting after him you have to give the report
5: i i mean i'm just feeding a little bit so that like when he pops back out into the world they're all prepared <laughs> and don't start falling over
0: with heart attacks <laughs> just, yes, doing a civic duty here. And I was i was very pleased That you said that you showed him My Father's Day tribute tweet um, So he has finally gotten used To not just your friends thirsting after him But the whole fan base thirsting after him Has he gotten used to that? Oh, he's always liked
5: it There's a part of him that like Has always known he was fucking gorgeous But
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna get him in drag anytime soon? Can Please. we do
5: that? um you know ask RuPaul, because that's a lot of work for me to just do on my own. I'd have to like get on a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have can- to like use an entire couch
0: to
3: like make his pads.
0: Nina, you can just make him over on season two of Celebrity Drag Race.
3: No, no, no. We've, we saw what my makeovers look like. We're good. <laughs> I mean, when I would I like to get my hands on him? Yeah, maybe. But! <laughs>
5: now, I don't know, Nina. That's like some of the best drag I've ever seen you do. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, that's
3: it. <laughs> Running that's from sugar. On <laughs> you. <laughs> you are so shady. Let's do it. Let's get that.
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> ladies, 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 you are two of my favorite all time contestants on this show, truly. You made such a big impression on season 11. Um, and we do have very serious matters to discuss um, from the beginning, like Sweet Sister Soju's cyst on her taint. Did either of you witness. The oozing or was she like open with you guys about
3: the cyst backstage before she revealed it on the runway? I don't remember I remember standing on the runway going, What? <laughs> I literally <laughs> literally was shocked to hear it. I think that was that was the first time I heard about it.
0: <laughs> Eva, you were probably excited by it.
5: Yeah. Ew. I mean, I wish she would have shared the info earlier. I could have helped her drain it.
2: <laughs> Girl! Oh my God. <laughs> with
3: with, girl's want with your teeth, with your uh. teeth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it was really interesting this season to see you both take different approaches to the competition. Nina, the queens voted you Miss Congeniality. You were everyone's friend. (laughs) And Evie, you began by keeping it extremely real, keeping a lot of attitudes in check. And there was this ongoing issue of people taking critiques very personally and people maybe being too blunt with unsolicited advice. Watching the season again, Evie, have you re-evaluated your interactions with certain queens? And if you had to do it over, would you go in with the same attitude? Because it seemed to work in the end.
5: Yeah, honestly, I, I would. Because the thing is, it's not like a go-around in my everyday life being like, your makeup's terrible, you look bad, your silhouettes are bad. <laughs> but I... I also realized that we were in a competition setting and so I was just like really thrown off when people weren't being honest with themselves, honest with like where they were at in the competition, with how they could grow. I was like, damn, am I like in Barbie's dream house? This is too bold. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I, to answer your question, yes, I would probably go back and I'd be even more rude than before.
1: Uh, raja particularly got really defensive and had some pretty harsh things to say especially in the confessionals and at the reunion said that she wasn't like that normally so knowing her outside of the competition did you did that take you by surprise that she was saying those things or was she really coming at you like that and what's your relationship like with her today
5: I mean, we're all cool now. We're we're sisters. Like, anything that did happen, happened close to two years ago. So unless you're psycho, like, it's hard to hold on to that grudge. But um, I, I will say I was shocked when it was all airing on TV. But the thing is, it's a competition setting, like I was saying before. So people deal with that in different ways. Some people get really aggressive, a la me. Some people get really defensive, a la Raja. <laughs> and, like, so ultimately I think I, I can't fault her for having acted the way she did because life teaches us how to respond to harsh criticism and I'm just guessing that hers did not come with, like, enough easy opportunities to actually take them.
0: Mm. Well, Nina, you, you seem to be somebody who... Somehow escaped Evie having to give you an attitude check. So what was what was it well. like watching somebody as as honest and candid as Evie sort of break down these queens' facades? Like as a spectator, what was that like for you?
3: It, well, I had to say, like for I, I, I mean. Evie can talk about this too. I think a little bit like I think it was one of the things that actually uh, Evie and I bonded over. Maybe yeah, and that was and that was never shown on. I mean, I know we talked about it in front of cameras. I know we talked a lot about it off camera. Like it was one mm-hmm. of those things that we talked about, and it was one of those things that I remember. I was close. I was close with very few people in the competition, as close as I was with Brooklyn and probably Evie. And a lot of that was because we smoked t- together. All the- we we all took our smoke breaks together, and oh. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. but like we did. Like we were like that the that provided an opportunity for us to bond and talk and our conversations came from these critiques and came and and Evie came at me, you know, and there were, but I also knew how to, but but it wasn't, I also knew where Evie was coming from. Like I had, Mm. I had, I, I, I heard Evie, you know what I mean? Like I felt like I was, I had given myself the opportunity to get to know who Evie was. So I knew what Mm -hmm. Evie was saying. And when she would come at me with a critique, I, I heard the message. It wasn't like, yeah, I, I I didn't hear the aggression. Yeah, was she aggressive? Of course she was, but it was like. <laughs> but it was, but I also heard where it was coming from. She cared about me, yeah, and she wanted right. me to be there th- at the next challenge. And so when she was saying, you know, girl, get 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 the fuck out of your head, get out of your feelings. Or 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 your or your makeup really is bad, or you. You, know, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> you do remember, oh, baby. Of course I do. Of course I do. <laughs> but I remember. Be, be, I remember hearing her. She reminds me, and I've told her this when we really got started. She reminds me of everybody that's in my drag family. She reminds me of me. Yeah. She reminds me of people that I've worked with for years, and mm-hmm. um, it was refreshing to be around her because it was it, it felt safe, you know, and that was one of those things that I felt really grateful for, I think, in the competition. Her honesty was really refreshing. Well, Evie,
0: I think... It is interesting because Nina, obviously, she, I know that Nina is she's such a sweet person, but um, especially on TV, she, obviously she won Miss Congeniality. Um, but we're wondering if you can maybe spill some tea on maybe a particular time that you saw Nina the most annoyed or mad at somebody on set. Can we get some dirt on Nina?
3: I'm, I'm really hoping you. I'm really hoping you talk about the thing that I'm, I'm thinking of. <laughs> I
5: mean, all I know is that like because we got our smoke breaks together, like Nina was saying, like I, sh- I got. to See Nina when like the congeniality cracked for like just just little
3: little <laughs> moments, and they were oh, never so like excited
5: they were never like Nina tearing people down. Still, because for some reason, apparently, she actually is a decent person. <laughs> she is. But... She's very decent. Person, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like there were yeah, there were there were little moments where she would wonder. Like I I do remember one tiny moment after like Brooke had uh won uh an improv challenge with Nina as her partner and like didn't mention it and Nina like was going through and was like I've 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 been I've had her back and I just think it was a little shady for her to not like throw me a bone. But it was like never really any bigger than that, unfortunately. That I remember maybe I just am looking through Rose Quartz Glass. Nina, you is know, that
0: the moment that you were referring to?
3: It wasn't <laughs> What is it? You have to tell it. Tell on yourself. Yeah, if you remember Dirtier Girl. Oh, girl. Mm-hmm. I remember, I mean, the, the wig, gate, wig gate. was such a big oh. thing for our <laughs> season.
5: And oh, it's so stupid, though. I've lost
3: <laughs> it all out. Uh, I, like, lost. I completely lost my cool. All those girls came back. It was my elimination episode. And I kind of had a feeling... Like, this was episode 11. So I kind of had a feeling... Mm-hmm. At this point, I was really raw. And I had I had, had a feeling, this just might be my time. <laughs> you know? Like, I was like, <laughs> I think I'm going home. And it was right when those girls walked in and... Ariel looked over at my station. She goes, "That's my wig," and I completely—oh, bitch—I lost my shit. And they didn't. And I don't think there were any cameras on me. And I was like, I don't know why she would even go about like accuse me of stealing. I don't need to steal. I was just like, I was so. And even Ariel and I talked since I've obviously talked about it because, like, I like did. I, I popped off as the most Nina West pop-off I think I've ever done. <laughs> like,
5: oh, my God. I remember you actually popped off in the middle of, like, Wingate while Ariel was, like, going down the list. She was like, yeah. And this is my wig, and this is my wig. And she was like, and Nina has one of my wigs. And then you like cut her off immediately. You're like, oh, no, 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 no,
3: sweetie. That's
5: my wig. It unfortunately looks like it's styled like one of your wigs, but
3: I did say that. I was like, I like, I, I, I was like, I regret that it unfortunately looks like something you would wear, but it was like, that was like my most. I think, my most <laughs> pissed moment. Because again, I knew, like, I I just knew at that point I had this feeling, I was like, this is just not my day. <laughs> I mm-hmm. can feel yeah. like this is not my day.
0: Well, I think that there, obviously, somebody on this season was a very clearly divisive person um, who was Silky. And I, you know, Silky entered in such a big way with a, a very big personality. Um, it was very clear from the start. Um, And she, there's this moment where she immediately picked Miley Cyrus up and was like running around with her on her back. (laughs) Did anybody tell Silky to put Miley down? (laughs) Like, I imagine that might have been an issue.
5: Um, You know, I feel like maybe Miley inside was screaming a little bit. But... I, as far as I can remember, like the the rest of us were just like, what the
2: fuck? Like whether that was like, yes, this is so crazy.
5: Oh my God, Miley Cyrus is on a drag queen's back. Or whether I was like, oh my God, is she in danger? Somebody like, somebody help. I think, <laughs> yeah,
3: I think I remember, like, I think it went on for a, like a minute maybe and I think I remember them going okay 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 <laughs> I think, I, I think it, was, it was so chaotic like it was it was, all ha- it was happening pretty quickly it was like oh my god Miley Cyrus is here oh my god Miley Cyrus is on somebody's back
5: <laughs> it was all so fast <laughs>
1: how how similar is off-camera Silky to on-camera Silky and have you do you both have a better relationship with her now after after the show
5: I mean, I definitely do. Silk and I are really, really cool now, specifically because we're not competing against one another. <laughs> yeah. But but like uh, off-camera, she's almost exactly the same. The only way that the cameras changed her was that it turned her volume up even more. So Silky is already somebody who walks into a room and makes the statement. Yeah. And when the cameras came on, it was, like, difficult to even breathe over her, which is why I think the girls got their fill episode one.
3: <laughs> I thought, I mean, I, yeah, I have a great relationship with Silky. Um, I, it's interesting because my story, my story and Silky's story, like, my story goes with Silky, you know? So, like, Silky sent me home, and that's a big point of conversation with so many people, you know? And I, mm-hmm. you know, I have my thoughts about that, and I think, there, I think while... There was uh like an exhaustion, you know, of of like <laughs> like if okay, you know, like but Soki was doing Soki <laughs> was doing Soki's job, you know, and so like Soki was there to to be a contestant on a reality show, and Soki did it really well, and I think that you know there is some parts of yeah I think she got an, a, a a bit of an unfair shake, um mm-hmm. and I absolutely do, you know and I think that there is um. There's a much bigger conversation to be had there, but I also do believe that Silky was. I was intimidated by Silky after her walking into the workroom. I was like, "Oh my God, she's the competition!" Like yeah. I, I thought. <laughs> no, true. I. I mean, I don't know about Evie. I mean, I think we've talked about it, but like, I really thought, I thought it was Soki's to lose. And mm-hmm. after after the walk, the workroom walk-in, and she won the she won the first mini challenge. I think right. I, and I it was did, and
5: rue was in love with oh her. My like, God, rue loves some, her she yeah. she just like like clicked with silky's like sense of humor and personality off of the bat so when when we were like in the long period of waiting for our season to air i was like oh shit i picked a fight with like rue's favorite i picked a fight like with who's going to, I thought, be, like, America's favorite because Silky was just genuinely entertaining to watch.
3: That's yeah. what I thought, too, uh, Evie. I absolutely agree with you. I was like, she's, like, she's going to be America's favorite. She's She was the one. I mean, when you jump onto
0: a moving postal truck as part of one of your shows, I mean, that is like, it's hard to not like that. I mean, I, that video has since disappeared from the internet, and I wish she would post it again, but it, <laughs> so it's, I, it is so good. Well, um, Nina, whereas I think Evie pressed Silky's buttons a little bit, you instead pushed your tongue right into her mouth with that sweet little kiss.
3: Did. Um, so so, did you what, imagine what yourself did those... in, the, in the receiving end of that? Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> so you always do this. <laughs> what, did, what did those lips feel like? And
0: was there any kai kai going on behind the scenes other than Brooke and Vangie?
5: <laughs> you know, it's really funny. Oh
3: my I know, right? Um, I was, I, I. There was, um, I would. <laughs> I'm like stuck. There was. I'm, I'm like, <gasps> no, no, no. So, oh, and I, okay. like, So-ky was such. Was so game. For anything, and you and you knew that you know you could go anywhere with silky during the during the season. Like she would do it. She would. Be like, you want to make out with silky? She sure make out with silky. It was a moment. Go to the she broom was with the silky, Go to the broom closet. But I think I, you know. I don't know. And maybe Evie can talk. I don't know if like. The, there was always talk about her and Kahana, and I hope that really was a thing. I think that they both had feelings, like, you know, feelings mm. for one another. But that was, but I don't think anything ever happened. And then oh. even the Brooke and Vanjie thing was like that was like a weird
1: moment. That was yeah. Like, give us give us the tea on this situation ship.
3: Uh... I mean,
5: it was just uh, it was just strange because i honestly never saw it coming like maybe i just am really bad at paying attention to interpersonal relationships apparently but like uh, one day like there was brooke and banji and then the <laughs> next there was Branji like making smacking noises in the back of the van on the ride home <laughs> yeah, it, it was
3: like yeah it was like once it was like once they said something it was like okay this is happening like it was just like it was like it was like it's a secret. It's not a secret anymore. So it was just like so, it was
1: so can you confirm that this was an actual relationship, not just a couple pecs on camera? Was there actually hooking up going on behind the scenes?
5: I mean, it looked like there was just a couple pecs going on off camera too. So I don't know if that really defines an actual relationship. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's really good that's i would agree with you on that i absolutely agree with you on that yeah i don't know if it was like an actual relationship i mean i I think there was care for one another Mm -hmm. but how do you like have a relationship privately for nine months like you know before after you've done filming like i don't think there was i mean i don't know i can't speak to it but i think they both care about each other immensely and like yeah
5: exactly so
3: well, Evie, you were also courting
0: some eyes this season. Um you <laughs> just let it all hang out there. You got real naked real fast in the workroom. Um you had no inhibitions about just going fully nude.
5: I mean, I I I don't see the point in obsessing about trying to hide or shame your body when our art form is literally about transforming it. Plus mm-hmm. like we have like 10 seconds to get ready for every single challenge. So I am really just worried that Michelle is going to like call me out on having a Brown spot on my taint. I don't have time to be like, (laughs) Oh my God, let me go behind this changing curtain.
3: (laughs) Meanwhile, I was like, Oh my God, let me go behind this changing curtain.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, but that explains the difference between our looks on the runway. Uh!
1: (laughs)
3: Oh. <laughs> Girl, I know, I couldn't pull my shit together because I was so distracted by her elephant trunk. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like, I could, like, it was a moment. The first time she got naked in the workroom was like, everybody oh was God. like, it was dead silent. <laughs> and you would, girls would be in the mirror. She Evie would be back at her station just walking around naked. And girls would be in the mirror like, are you looking over there? yeah yeah, like how do you react to that
0: like how do you like were you all just shocked there was just no warning you're just like what the fuck i think it was the
3: idea that there was a naked there was a beautiful naked man in the workroom Mm -hmm. and we were we were all very much like oh oh yeah it's um that's right we do have these feelings there's a naked person here you know you've been shut off from the entire world for so long and then it's like oh hey
0: oh as brooke said oh there's a dick (laughs)
3: <laughs> I mean yeah.
0: Well well Evie, I think you you also this season you brought um awareness to I think a really important cause. Um Eller Danlos was not something that I had heard about actually before and it was very enlightening to see you discuss your experience and you said that the condition is something that will eventually take you out of drag commission. So I'm just wondering how you're doing now. Um, and if you've been forced to maybe adapt at all, since we saw you on the show.
5: Um, I mean, I've definitely, definitely lost some of uh, the cooler skills that I used to have in drag. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. This last year was a blessing because I did get to travel the world and like share my art with everybody. But the amount of damage I did trying to uphold my reputation as a winner and somebody who like can put on an entertaining performance, I definitely didn't put my health first. And so it is getting more difficult for me to even like just stand in heels. But Uh, I mean, uh, I'd like to revise my statements from the show because I've found specifically in these times we're living in that there's always going to be a way for me to do drag and to make art. It just might not be the things that brought me the most joy when I was like 18.
3: Mm,
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We admired how adamant you were about not letting people see you as a victim when you were injured. And that double Chante against Brooklyn proved just how mighty of a competitor you were. Was your approach to that lip sync improvised or did you go in with a plan knowing Brooke would have moves?
5: I mean, to be honest, I thought I was going to be going up against Vanjie. Which was even more terrifying in my mind because I was like, "Oh my god, they're not going to let me easily send Banji home." Like, and if I do, the entire fanboy base is going to like chop my head off. (laughs) Remember that? So, I actually, yeah, everything for me was kind of the most prepared uh, you'll ever get to see my drag because I knew I was going to be in the bottom the second they said it was snatch game, and then I just like. (laughs) Followed that path.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, snatch game was was so interesting this season. Um, and uh, Nina, I think you know um, when Evie had her little dirty tights. Um, Evie, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Nina has a routine where she likes to remove hosiery from people's feet with her uh, mouth. So maybe. Nina, did you oh, enjoy? Trust me, I've heard. <laughs> um, Nina, did you enjoy the dirty tight moment?
2: No. <laughs> <on Stash Game? laughs> no.
3: Nobody enjoyed that. <laughs> no. No. I. <laughs> I love
0: putting you on the spot. I love
3: it. I, I, uh, you know, it was. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, uh, I mean, if there was that weird round table moment, I was like, who would you hook up with, or who, like, who could you like? And I was like. I was like low low key like not saying my real answer because it was Evie and I was like um <laughs> um, um every, anybody but Evie
5: <laughs> <laughs> And like
3: because there was I don't you know like I, there was something about uh Evie for me in the competition that was you couldn't it was again I said it before just, there was something very safe about my relationship with with him even though yeah. there was nothing Ever real? You never. I could trust. He had the best of intentions. And I also could trust. I didn't know which way he was gonna go. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. He was good. Like, like he wasn't. And I, I think when you watch it back, sure, was she defensive? And like, you know, was she? Did she sometimes tell people things that they didn't want to hear? Of course she did. But that was also <laughs> like. But there was also something that was like she was so honest and so real, and it was rooted in s- truth, which was. In that environment where you didn't know what the hell was going to happen and you never knew which way to look, it was really refreshing to have so much truth, you know, and honesty. So I, I was really drawn to Evie. I think that the. Stinky Titanol.
0: I, I think the truth
3: <laughs> of, of the
0: Snatch game was really. I mean, I've thought about this a lot since that episode. And Nina, obviously, you did very well on Snatch game. Um, Evie, I, when I watch your. I, I thought. I remember thinking this when the season actually aired. And then when we were rewatching this season to talk to you guys, I. I I don't think that the Whoopi Snatch Game was really that bad. I really don't. I mean, when you drop all of the awards, I mean, I I, th- I thought the dirty tights on the foot, I thought that was funny. I really did. I laughed at that stuff. I really found it surprising that th- that so many people found that Snatch Game to not be oh, good. It,
3: it was rough. Well, don't you, don't well, you
1: trust dare. me, it, it was. It I was don't bad, think it was rough. But,
5: but here's my perspective on Snatch Game and why it felt rough to me why it was edited to be rough why all the girls could feel it to be rough is because SNATCH game and here's what they don't like play up as much as they should on the show is not even necessarily about being funny as much as it is having chemistry with RuPaul and and being able to like play off of what RuPaul is saying like toss it back so the closer in line you are to RuPaul's sense of humor the better your SNATCH game is going to go and she made it very clear from the walkthroughs that she was not going to laugh at my Whoopi Goldberg like, uh, like, and that's not that's not saying it's her fault that I wasn't funny because I also, in my opinion, was not funny. But when you go into that challenge and she will not even like crack a smile at you, you're like, it it just feels like bad uncomfortable so it it did it, it, it didn't give the energy that would have made it a good performance because rude did not enjoy it
3: well and the snatch game was so I remember walking away and I think collectively the cast as a whole from our season was like that was a yeah. terrible snatch game and it wasn't oh yeah it was there was nothing redeeming about the experience I thought yay snatch <laughs> game I'm gonna nail this and I was like I I felt awful and it was this <laughs> you know, it was this moment of like we had done these other challenges <laughs> and you know you kind of you you know, we you get used to the kind of the way you do the challenge on the show and snatch game it was like okay we're doing snatch game rupaul walked on set we did four rounds and it was over it was over before it started and i was like yeah. wait that's it <laughs> like mm. we were done we're really that's that's it I, I literally oh
5: geez like, you and i had two different perspectives because uh, they were like it's four rounds and i was like oh my god wait we're only on round one like three hours later <laughs> <laughs> like fuck i have to flop three more questions in front of rupaul <laughs> okay <laughs> I, still, I don't
0: know what's wrong with me i really truly i mean i'm not saying that i mean i, I to kiss your ass i really do think that i, I, I I mean, I wouldn't call it my favorite Snatch game ever, but I don't think oh it was God. bad. I really don't think it was bad.
5: I don't think it was the most atrocious I could have done. I could have known absolutely nothing about Whoopi Goldberg. And I knew a, I knew an, enough to like get the point across that I was trying to be Whoopi Goldberg. But ultimately... Yeah, I personally just feel it boils down to if you aren't going to be able to make Rue laugh, there's no way they could even possibly edit it to be funny yeah. because yeah. it's about like what is jiving with the house. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, you both, um, shortly after that, um, you both did well in the magic show challenge. Um, but Nina, I have been. Wondering since this episode aired, can you please reveal how the fuck that bottle trick worked? A magician never <laughs> reveals their secrets. <laughs> <No. Yeah>. magician. <laughs> please tell us. Can you please tell us? I
3: don't. I think I'll get in. Tr- I don't like. I'm like. I oh, slide, you'll get in trouble. I okay. I did no, an NDA, and I feel like I'm, for the show, I'm like, yeah, oh, let's okay. talk about the show. Yeah, and I'm like, it's the a magician secret. I'm like terrified to reveal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like a- all right. No, yeah. No, it's
5: true. I remember I fucked up uh, the one magic trick I had in my act so much that. They didn't even show me actually doing the full trick because it would have revealed the magician's secret. Oh, they
3: were so—it's really funny that you bring that up. They were so serious about that challenge. About you don't reveal how you do it. You 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 slide it. You should make sure you don't reveal. It's like. Oh my gosh! People really. I'm are.
0: sorry. I didn't realize that. I didn't mean to. I, I yeah. We, I really didn't realize. Oh, Joey, that. I calm, down. That. Yeah, calm down. down.
1: Yeah, you're a total. And I like castle? saw it I'm in sorry. half. I'm sorry. Yeah,
3: sorry. <laughs> um, this interview's well, over. That, we <laughs> well, we were going
0: to ask if anybody's tricks did not work like the first time filming. So Evie, I guess you already answered that. But did Mine else's?
5: didn't work any of the time. I'm, I, I didn't. I can't speak for Nina's group, but I know that as far as my group went, I was the only trick who couldn't get her tricks. Like I had two of them. It was and the first time for everything. <laughs> <No>.
3: <laughs> the uh, I think Brooklyn changed her trick before we before we taped. Like she was having oh, a she really hated hard t- that challenge? She hated oh. that challenge. And she was having a oh, really yeah. she had a really hard time with her trick and so she changed her trick uh, before we filmed <laughs> it. I mean, talk about having a hard time with your trick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was I mean, and I don't I remember that challenge being I mean really particularly hard on everybody like everyone mm-hmm. was just like I'm not I'm not a magician I don't think I remember even a curious thing I did not come here to do magic <laughs> it was like yeah. I mean it was <laughs> just like <laughs> I just hear a curious thing like, <laughs> it was and you and it was like yeah like is this kind of a really weird challenge because none mm-hmm. of us have done it <laughs> but That plus,
5: I, I, I secretly hate magicians i think they're corny and am terrible I, like i think i'm glad they're out there in the world because we do need to believe in magic but damn I, d- I just am not about it and i was saying it all during the challenge we were like getting ready and i was like i hate magicians i hate magicians and the producers were like shut up evie he's right
0: there that guy seemed like that guy did not seem like a nice magician though he seemed he was like a, a dick yeah he seemed like a straight infiltrator in this very queer space i mean he was like he was being rude to you guys i think I think he was gay? <laughs> really? I don't know. I didn't ask. Oh, I shouldn't him. make assumptions. Yes, I shouldn't make
3: assumptions.
5: You not ask. Him. You know, you can be a dick no matter what your
3: sexuality is. Thank you. Is. Truth. Thank you, Evie. True. Very true.
0: Very true. But yeah, he was being a bit of a dick, we could. I, I so but um so of course, shortly after that, it was a very sad moment, Nina. Um, your elimination <laughs> on the makeover yeah. challenge. You were paired with Sugar, who was also so sweet, um, and you um, dressed each other up in you know LGBTQ and trans pride colors. Um, outfits that were red for not being fashion enough, despite the message. Um, and I know that that you know you do get emotional uh, recalling this. It is something that's a little bit difficult for you. But I I want to know. Um, why that is? Why did going home particularly on this episode, why did that hit you so
3: hard? I think, you know, what it was, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And I knew what they were asking, and I didn't want to give them what they were asking. They were asking for, I knew they were asking for a makeover challenge. They were asking for two complimentary looks. Yeah. You know, but, the she, but when you get your packet, and you have a chance to prepare the very short period of time that you have to prepare, I remember distinctly that the request was house of. And it was like, what describes or defines your drag family? And so I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? And so I was like, my drag family is a family that's built on activism and entertainment. And um, so I took it really seriously. And And because I had invested so much of the thought behind my presentation... I thought that would be seen, and I thought that that would be rewarded for at least doing something outside of the box, you know? Just being a little bit yeah. a little bit more unconventional. And yes, girl, I know, those silhouettes sucked. I know that.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, totally aware
3: of it. And had I given them two full gown looks or two, um, you know, complimentary— No, the
5: gowns are right— <laughs> <laughs> you know
3: what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, had I done something, I think that they were, that would have been more matching and executed, I think, more cleanly, I think it would have been a different story. But I, I felt so strongly about what I did. You know, it wasn't, for me at that point, it wasn't about... The makeup, the message was the message was really important to me. Oh no, but it's true, you know. It's I think Evie, I mean, it's very true. You you go in and you have this idea that you're gonna be like you're gonna do something that's epic, and in that moment, and you know, like I never second guessed the silhouette because I thought the message was that important. I never mm. second guessed the silhouette. Yeah. I was like, you know, like I get it. Like it's it's a sh- it's more of a showgirl stage silhouette i totally understand that like it's it's, it is built in this one idea but so when they told me and i remember even walking on the main stage thinking okay like it's it's not as even like it's not the plastic brooklyn combo or the or the uh aerial vanjie combo you know or the davenport combo and so i thought well yeah, but it's still not i don't think it's that 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 weak enough to be considered oh you know, I I don't know. I was I that was it I think I was just surprised more than anything. Yeah.
1: So Nina, then you had sort of a infamous lip sync of your own. What was going through <laughs> your mind <laughs> in that lip sync and why do you think it came off so awkward on both your parts that RuPaul could only muster a meh?
3: Oh, she didn't just say it once. She said it, like three times. <laughs> like yeah, oh, it seems like, it. True. okay. Just the in room, case you didn't hear it. Yeah, <laughs> the room like it, like, it was... I will never forget that moment in my life. It it felt awful. Um, there were just moments... I thought that I had... N- I didn't think, didn't think I killed the lip sync, but let's be honest, that song is a mid-tempo, at best, bop. <laughs> that, you know, like... I mean, so, like... I guess I could have gone campy with it, and I was so in my feelings and so yeah surprised i was so surprised i mean <laughs> that i just couldn't perform and i like mm-hmm. you know i just i felt i'm not going to make excuses girl like i would well, don't i yeah. d- i did the level of performance that I think that song called for in the moment that I couldn't figure out how to be campy with it. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't campify. Well, (laughs) I mean,
0: shortly after that, apparently Rihanna DM'd you after you were eliminated. So what did she have to say to you?
3: Um, she's been, she's been very nice. (laughs) Very nice. I mean, she was, I think like there was, I appreciate the reaction to my elimination. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, just to speak to that, rather than talk about, I think, like, I mean, it's awesome that celebrities recognize you and want to talk to you and, and want to commend you for the work that you do. That's really cool, you know? And that's, like, that's the perk of being on a TV show. But, like, the idea that Silky was vilified and treated like uh, trash because of my elimination, I think they there was a lot of angst built up towards Silky, and then that was the reason to to uh treat her poorly or or mm-hmm. or to give her such a backlash, and yeah. you know like i don't i I think that's worth worthy more of talking about than a o c saying, hey <laughs> or, you know I'm really upset about mm-hmm. this elimination because it's you mm-hmm. know you get invested in the storyline cool and it and and you get invested in the characters, and at the end of the day we're all playing parts, whether or not we know it, we're characters, you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. so I, I i I think it's more important to maybe talk about. How silky might have been, a uh, really poorly treated, especially after my elimination. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, if it if you want to elaborate more on that, I definitely would would care to hear both of your thoughts on 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 that.
3: Well, I think, I mean, I because it came up at every gig that I did, <laughs> from, uh-huh. from from May of 2019 until March of 2020. That's what my story is so connected to Silky's story, you know. And mm-hmm. every time I stepped on stage, uh, there I, there would be some kind of response about Silky or some yelling about Silky. And it's you know, and it, to a, the point where it became a conversation about you know the fans intrinsically are racist, and or I should yeah. say a portion of the fans. There's some things exactly. that mm-hmm. are intrinsically racist, and um any opportunity that they can. Used to make a queen of color feel poorly about themselves. It seems that they seem they like to capitalize on those moments. Mm-hmm. And I was I was completely unaware of that experience until our our season started to air. And I remember being in uh, Seattle. I think it was like I think it was in Seattle. at Our place. I think is the bar name. And it was like March seventh. I don't know why I remember all of this, but it was like mm-hmm. my first out of town gig. And I remember fans reactions sitting there and watching the viewing party and i was like oh (laughs) my 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 sisters who are who are non who are non-white who are uh queens of color are having a very different experience and then we would then we would meet up on the road and we would and then there'd be conversations in a a separate texting groups or in there was there was at one time like an instagram group of all the queens and you would just see there was it was a very different experience that I cannot speak to. Only other than the fact that I know that I was given a very I was given very different treatment, and I would speak mm-hmm. to it, and I would be met with a bit of hostility. And so, yeah. it's I, t- I think it's only fair. Especially we <laughs> keep talking about it, you know that mm-hmm. I don't I I'm not trying to be a, revi- re- a revisionist historian. I the my experience does call back to the fact that S- silky especially because I was that's again connected to received really terrible vitriol and awful treatment because of her uh, her her run on the show and in turn yeah. her uh, my elimination
5: i mean there's definitely a double standard for queens of color who have uh, participated on the show because you can do really well you can you can even go on to win your season and statistically speaking like you're just not going to be as successful as your white counterparts like if you you look at uh let's just use like instagram numbers right now like jada essence hall who did a fantastic job throughout her entire season is leagues behind Gigi good yeah uh, uh, who is also a fantastic queen in her own right but will always be elevated by the fandom uh because of the fact that she's like young white skinny she has she has a bunch of different privileges working for her mm-hmm. and so I I am held to the same standard as other winners, but that my specific set of circumstances did not allow me the same breadth that other winners got. I I am a black queen from a a Midwestern city who did not have a lot of connections to the outside world of drag. So people assume that like once you win the show, you immediately have $100,000 and should be working with designers, creating new lanes and drag. And the reality of the fact is that I wasn't afforded the same opportunities that I would have been if I was a white queen living in New York or L.A. And that's just how it goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is, it's like, I guess that is something that a lot of people don't real realize or think about is that it's not like you guys are filming this show, um, you know, a week before it airs. It's like, it's like a year. So, I mean, you do, there is a year of, I guess, quote unquote, normal life that happens in a lot of... I guess what you are able to do um, in terms of your, your drag career is still the same as what it was before you went on the show. So well, and the
5: thing is, everyone knows that you were on when you get back. So people are able to start reaching out and being like, oh my God, I want to design for you. I, mm-hmm. I want to use you in this show. And if you are in, in a position of power, if you have privilege, then when you go back home and everybody knows that you've been on the show, you're going to have nice things to wear from the second year season airs. You're going to have connections to the fashion world, to the performance, whatever it is that you want, you're going to have that. Whereas people, uh, people of color, people who are not a size zero, uh, like Queens essentially who have to fight against other boundaries. We don't get, we don't get that. When we go back, we get the same $25 booking fees we were getting beforehand.
1: Um, Finally, we like to end by asking if you could both please share some secret tea on season 11. Not necessarily (laughs) shady, although we'll gladly take that too. But anything that we haven't spoken about and that we didn't get to see on camera?
3: Um,
0: Besides the Nina meltdown. (laughs)
3: Um, oh my god my i mean like i can tell you one of the first things i think about and i'll probably have something else i'm sure evie will spark something else but i remember doing the reading challenge (laughs) which was i I don't even remember what episode that was maybe the magic episode i can't remember but i remember doing the reading challenge and i had made all my jokes about kind of things that were happening off camera (laughs) <laughs> like, and like my all my jokes are like da, 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 something about crafty and da da da. da she likes to do blah 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 off, you know. <laughs> and Rue Con- said, We're not talking about things that no one's seen. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> That's my whole, it's like my whole set. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so like I remember thinking, oh my God. Like, and I think what well, the things I was saying were really funny. And then it was like, mm-hmm. oh, you have to explain them. And then and they were all they were all <laughs> things that people didn't see. And it was like, okay. Yeah. So like I remember that being a particular memory of like, oh yeah.
0: Hmm. Evie, what about you?
5: Um You know, mine the the one thing I remember is for the duration while Ariel was there I enjoyed I enjoyed riding in the vans with her like to and from set because she would just like complain so much and I mean it in like a good way she was just like
3: oh yeah the
5: judges hated my hair should I should I tease my wig more for this acting challenge?
3: <laughs> it was it was a nice like I remember that it was like a really nice distraction. It was like okay like that's good. We'll just like let her talk and like I'll feel better about my 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 shitty showing if she, you know like it was like a nice buffer. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I
0: think that is a, a great note to end on. We want to thank you guys so very much for being so candid with us. This was a really fun conversation. Um, and before we go, uh, please tell our listeners where they can find you um, online and on social.
3: Oh, um, <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> um, mine is <laughs> at OddlyEvie. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Nina West on everything, yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> and then I'm... Um, Uh, oddly eevee the real one on (laughs) most on uh most everything i believe too
3: mine's oddly eevee official
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right guys thank you so very much for your time today this this was so great um i enjoy talking to both of you always and i i always love seeing what you guys are doing in the community you both do such important work so thank you for all that you do and thank you for being here
3: thank you thank you, thank you thank thanks
0: you, thank so you. much guys Bye-bye. bye bye Bye. what miss congeniality says goes so stay tuned for season 11 icon nina west's update on her fellow rue girls in our newsflash next
3: breaking newsflash with nina west where are they now Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. From season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race, few have had the iconic status that is Vanjie. She was featured on the September 2018 issue cover of Gay Times, and she released her first single, I'm Vanjie, on the June 21st, 2018. She's also featured in RuPaul's Drag Race Live, a Las Vegas spectacular at the Flamingo Las Vegas. And who else could walk backwards into our hearts and go out and conquer the world? No one else but Vanjie.
2: Vanjie. Bam!
3: Brooklyn Heights From RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11, Brooklyn Heights was one of the 37 queens to be featured on the cover of New York Magazine. Also, in the fall of 2019, it was announced that she would be a full-time judge for Canada's Drag Race, the Canadian spin-off of RuPaul's Drag Race, premiering this July. Also, in November of 2019, Brooklyn won a People's Choice Award for Most The Canadian. I'd say, what's that all about? <laughs> it's a Canadian joke. Nina West, that's me. From RuPaul's Drag Race season 11, Nina West has gone on to do incredible things and magnificent, wonderful things. I know, because it's me. <laughs> um, Nina West was the first queen to ever walk the purple carpet at the 2019 Emmy Awards. She also most recently has released a collaboration with Dolly Parton benefiting two charities, dolly parton's imagination foundation and the nina west foundation encouraging both literacy and lgbtqia youth causes keeping it 11 jindary that's nina west or me thank you so much for tuning in to this incredible podcast that's it for me i hope you've enjoyed these 11 wonderful episodes with joey and you can find out more news gossip and dish all about rupaul's drag race always on entertainment weekly
0: Jillian, I'm officially pulling up in my Hot Wheels boa car. Are you ready to get in and drive off into the sunset after another iconic and frankly legendary installment of our future Peabody award-winning podcast?
1: I'm going to ask Soju if I can borrow her shapeless dress from her elimination to wear to the ceremony. Hopefully the wet spot near the taint area is dried by now.
0: I love hearing you say taint, Jillian. Um, That will be burned into my brain forever. Thank you, especially to Evie Oddly, not only for loaning us this Hot Wheels car at a discounted rental price so that we could have a very cinematic exit, but for being an amazing guest today alongside the always delightful Nina West, who has also delivered fabulous newsflash updates on past contestants to every episode of this podcast so far. As always, we welcome your attitude check and the comments for response on how we're doing. But don't be surprised if you get a fuck you, bitch, if you call us anything other than Glamour Toads. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joey Nolfi.
1: And let me just grab this footnote out of my shoe. You can follow me and please tag me in every Vanjie meme on the internet at Jillian Zed. <laughs>
0: Please sashay to EW.com slash drag race for our ongoing RuPaul's drag race coverage throughout the year, even in the off season. And make sure you're subscribed to Entertainment Weekly and to EW's Binge podcast produced in partnership with Pod People. Lots of peas there. Next week, we return for one final round with the gals as we welcome a record four interview guests Jada Essence Hall, Crystal Method, Jackie Cox, and Heidi N Closet to close out EW's Binge podcast with an epic recap of season 12. Until then, beep, beep, and bye. Hi, bitch.
2: Fierce this weather. Ooh. This weather. Fierce this weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh. Fierce this weather. Ooh. This weather. Fierce this weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh.